Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kaleidoscope FM podcast. All right, this episode is going to be tips and tricks that I learned when I was working with my dietitian, when working through my binge eating. First of all, first and foremost, I want to make sure I very much specify it is okay to overeat. This is by no means saying that you shouldn't be overeating how like this is this is not shaming this is not judgmental this is just purely we know so if you listen to my episode 41 where i talk about how i pretty much lost 10 pounds and gained that 10 pounds back again obviously i was doing a lot of overeating and it's not that overeating is bad or you know like we're not attaching morality we're not attaching shame or guilt to it but in intuitive eating and just in general we have well in intuitive eating I should say there's that hunger scale and just think of any sort of hunger scale going from like I'm starving to like I am so full like Thanksgiving like I feel so full kind of way and this is just meant to to help guide you because we know when we overeat, we physically don't feel great. And then that also mentally kind of makes us not feel great because if you're physically not feeling great, you're going to mentally not feel great. And so it's not coming from a place of judgment or shame or really putting yourself down. We're not doing that, okay? And I want you to get that out of your head right now. So I want that from the get-go known when I start this episode. But that being said, especially when you're recovering from binging and just disordered eating, there, there are different tools that you need to, that are helpful in kind of relearning how to create your relationship with food. And this was something that I had to reteach myself these last few months as, again, you can go back to my episode in in 41 where I talk about this because I essentially had to relearn this for myself. But that's why these are things, these are tools that you're going to have to like keep reteaching yourself sometimes because we go through phases in our life, right? And so that that's also why I have been recording these tip episodes because Truly, even I sometimes go back and, for instance, when I was going through the, the last few months of, I wouldn't say like, uh, I, I have like different connotations with how I use the word binging and overeating, but essentially all you have to think of is just like eating large amounts of food that made me not feel good. I had to reassess where, what is, what's causing this? How can I stop it? Because I just don't feel good. We don't feel good. Okay. And when that happens, what can we do about it? And so here are some examples. And as I was just saying, sometimes I'll go back and listen to, to, to some of my former episodes, because that helps remind me of these tools that I've used at different points at different parts of my life now. And so, and sometimes you forget them because you you use different tools at different points in your life. So for instance, we have literally a toolbox. If you think of a toolbox, 
you use different tools at different times in your life and you're not always going to need the wrench. You're not always going to need the screwdriver, but you still want those in your toolbox. And sometimes you forget you have them. Sometimes you misplace them. And so this is just a long rant about we need different tools and here are just some, some tools to help you. And we're not judging ourselves judging or shaming ourselves about overeating but when it doesn't feel good we want ways to like figure out how can we how can we change this how can we amend our habits or how we're eating or doing something and so these were uh, some things that my dietitian mentioned to me when I was healing from binging and I will also mention some other um, the two other episodes that also help so let me let me start off I've got seven eight nine nine tips for you all right, number one is put your fork down in between bites. <laughs> and th- some of these are going to sound so simple and so silly almost, but if you, uh, if you do it, you'll notice, or if you're eating, at least for me, I noticed, I would not want to put my fork down, especially, or let's say like I'm eating an apple or something silly like that. I wouldn't even want to put my freaking apple down, you know, so... But it really does help slow down the process of eating, which then will in turn help you. Okay. So number one is put your fork fork down in between bites. Did, did I say that the first time around? Put your fork down in between bites. Second one is to fully finish chewing and swallowing one bite before taking another. And this was something my dietitian told me, which was so true when she told me she said you would be astounded like you don't realize it when you're eating but the like how often we are eating and then we put more food in our mouth before we actually finish swallowing the former food it that's why we tend to eat so fast and it's actually very difficult when you first try and like fully swallow one bite before putting more food into your mouth like it, it is something that really forces you to slow down and, and pay attention to your food, which is also mindful eating, which is when you're being more present in the moment with your food, which then makes it more satisfying. And when something's more satisfying, you're less likely to want to eat more afterwards because you're going to be satisfied afterwards and not feel like, oh, I still want this or that or whatever. So just mentioning that as a side note, maybe I should have added that to that list. I didn't mention it in here. Anyway, so that's number two. Number three is to eliminate distractions. I cannot tell you, I, I've been one of those people. I've been trying to be better about it, but I historically have always, always eaten my food in front of a TV show or something. It just, I don't know what it is, but it just feels so much better. Maybe also because I've like, I don't want to say like been alone. That makes it sound like kind of like, I mean, I've had housemates, I've had friends, and but like just generally speaking, when I'm eating, I like typically, it's it's an act I do more by myself as opposed to like in a group setting. Like, I think many of us can relate. Um, so anyway, just in general, like don't have your, don't be like scrolling through like your phone or watching a TV show. Because also what I did have noticed, I've been getting better about not eating while I'm watching a TV show or a movie or something, but I've noticed that I have a very hard, cause I know a lot of people like to say we can multitask, but it is very difficult to be incredibly mindful and appreciative of your food while you're eating while also trying to watch and listen to something else. So 
I have found that I actually enjoy eating my food now more without distractions, without scrolling through my phone or watching a TV show. Whereas historically, I used to like have to eat my food in front of watching something. It just felt strange not to. But once you start to wean yourself off it, you'll start to realize you enjoy your food so much more when you're not distracted by something else. So that's another one. All right, number four. So this might be, this was something I did and it felt so strange to me, but it did very much help. So it, my dietitian recommended to set a timer for, let's say like 20 minutes that you have to make your food that whatever like meal you've prepared, make it last that long. And this was something that was the very, very first time I did it was so difficult for me because I must eat so fast because I remember I would eat a few bites and it only like 30 seconds had gone by. And I was like, crap, now I need to like put down my fork and do something else for like a few minutes. But after I did this two or three times, maybe I realized that it, it really helps slow down the eating process. But it also kind of helps prevent you from being like overly engaged in your food, which it might that might sound kind of strange. But you know, like how if you're anything like me, you might envy those people that seem like so disinterested by food, whereas like me, I'm just like, give me everything now. <laughs> so like, for instance, I've had uh, family members, you know, those people that are like food is fuel and I don't care anything else about it. I wish I was kind of like more like that, but actually, I don't know. Like, I mean, I still like food. I mean, I do like food, whatever. What I'm trying to say is you become slightly less interested in your food because you have to make it last longer if you're doing it over the course of 20 minutes. And that it kind of helps prevent you from like wanting to eat afterwards because when you become less interested in the food because you have to make it last longer because you kind of have to be doing things in between that time because you can't like you would have to be eating extra like extraordinarily slow in order to make your food last, depending on like whatever you're eating, I suppose, um, 20 minutes. For me, I literally had to like put my fork down, do something else for like a minute or like scroll through my, I mean, I, I realized I just said that you should eliminate distractions, but I wasn't technically eating because I would put my fork down and then I would like maybe scroll through my phone for like a minute or two. And then I would go back to eating for again, a few like seconds or something and then put my fork down then do something else, but then like make it last 20 minutes. And like I said, so this does two things. One, it kind of makes your food less interesting, which kind of helps helps you from wanting to like overeat later. But then also, because you're extending that time frame of eating it, it helps you recognize your fullness after a certain period of time. And so this will kind of make sense when I go into number five. So actually number five is after you eat, so let's say like number five is kind of assuming that you're eating in a normal fashion and you're not forcing yourself to set a timer for 20 minutes or something. So let's just say hypothetically you eat like a normal, you eat however you normally eat, however long that takes you, which for me is usually pretty fast after you eat. And if you think you want something else, which for me happens a lot, <laughs> I'll eat like a big meal and then I'll be like, Ooh, I really, I might think that I'm either hungry 
I might think that I'm hungry still, or I might think, oh, I want like a treat. Whether for me, it's usually something chocolate related. Um, whatever it is might be for you. I don't know what it is, but if you eat your meal and then you think, oh, I still want something else after that. What I do, which granted I don't always, so maybe I should have said this at the beginning, but like, I am not perfect at doing all of these. Sometimes I do them and sometimes I don't, but when I do implement them, I do notice that it makes a difference usually. And that's why I wanted to record this because I know it will probably help someone else. And if not, I can always go back and refer to it for myself because I know that it has helped me. But if it's helped me, I'm sure it'll help someone else. Hence why I'm recording. Anyhow, getting back to what I was saying, let's say you eat something and then you think to yourself, ooh, I really want something else because either I'm like still hungry, I'm still a little bit hungry, or I want a treat. And what I do is I tell myself, sure, like, yeah, you can have that, but let's just wait five, 10, anywhere from like five to 30 minutes is usually the benchmark I put for myself. And so it kind of depends on how much I want the, the other thing, whatever it might be. For instance, if I'm a little hungry, I might say, you know what, sure, like, and I don't really have an idea of like what exactly I want to eat in mind. I might say, hey, let's wait 10 or 15 minutes and then see if I'm like still hungry. And then after 10 or like, I'll literally look at my phone or the time and say like in 10 or 15 minutes, I will reassess how hungry I feel and whether I'm going to eat something else or not. Other times, if I desperately really want a treat, whether it's like chocolate and I want it like right now and this is this is like an urge this is an impulse this is i want friggin' chocolate right now and it is i cannot bargain with myself to say like you need to wait 20 minutes before you can have your chocolate because i want it asap what i'll do is i'll bargain with myself i'll be like what is the longest amount of time i'm willing to wait to get what i want so sometimes it might just be like i will wait 10 minutes or I will wait five minutes. Sometimes I've noticed even after five or 10 minutes, it goes like the feeling goes away where I don't desperately want the chocolate anymore. And then after that, then I'm just like, okay, cool. Like after five or 10 minutes, like I'll look at the time and I'll be like, all right, you're allowed to have this, but you have to wait five or 10 minutes. Maybe after five or 10 minutes, I don't even want it anymore. And again, the Let's go back again to like, there is no, sh like if you were to have the chocolate or whatever, whatever the hell you want after you eat your food, there's no judgment. There's no shame in having that. But if you're eating very quickly, you might realize afterwards that you don't just, you don't just feel great after that. And that's why I'll kind of bargain with myself. How long am I willing to wait to have whatever else I want? Whether it's because I think I feel hungry or because I really want the treat Either one's totally fine. You're welcome to have whatever you want, whenever you want. But as I said, these are just examples of ways you can kind of like delay gratification and realize that maybe you don't necessarily really want it or you just really wanted it in the moment. But then after a while, you're like, eh, I don't really need it. So I can't tell you the amount of times I've done this with myself. <laughs> I will be like, eh, sure, you can have it, but like wait five or 10 minutes. Um, and sometimes if it's something that I'm like, eh, I kind of want it, but I don't know if I really need it. I I'll, like the, like, usually the longest time I'll go for is like 30 minutes. And if I still want something after like 34 or new minutes, I have it. Like you can totally have it. I'm not saying you can have it. It's just, these are just some ways that you might notice after a certain amount of time that you wait, you're like, eh, I don't really want it anymore. So that is another one. Okay. Number six. 
make sure whatever you're eating has a good source of carbs, fat, protein, or at least two of those three. If you go back and listen to my ep- if you don't know much about nutrients, go listen to my episode Crash Course on Nutrients. I break down macronutrients and micronutrients. If you don't know what I'm talking about, everyone knows what carbs, fats, and proteins are. Those are what are referred to as your macronutrients. That is where you get energy source from. And it is beneficial to try and include a good source of all three of these in your meals. And if you if, if you have like snacks, it would be beneficial to try to have at least two of these three. So like two of, uh, when I say that, I mean like a carb and a fat or a carb and a protein or a protein and fat and a protein and a carb, whatever, like two of those three would be beneficial because it makes it more nutrient dense and satisfying. And then number seven on the list is to make sure you're drinking enough water throughout the day. And this isn't meant to be in like a diety way. Even like there's, uh, I'm not going to go into that, but just make sure, make wow, making sure that you're hydrated enough because I know like a lot of people are like, maybe you're just thirsty and I'm not going to like try and tell you that, but water is important in your life. And so that's definitely going to be just generally speaking beneficial. All right. Those are seven. Now, Numbers eight and nine on my list are emotional eating and practical hunger. And I have two separate recordings for each of these. And I think it would be great if you go back and listen to those episodes because clearly I did a full episode on each of those. But I'm just going to give you the quick and dirty on each of those very quickly now so that you have all nine steps of these. So number eight, emotional eating. There are kind of two levels I identify in my my episode on this. The first level is that you're going to write out your fe- what you're feeling before and after you're eating. And that's going to make you really in tune with your emotions around your food and therefore make you just aware of when you're emotionally eating. And just having that awareness is going to be fundamental in being able to change emotional eating because sometimes we do it without even realizing it. And so then level two, I kind of created this three-step process for myself. It might not work for you. It's something that I developed for myself and I noticed that it really helped work for me. But there there are three steps. Number one is to identify what am I feeling? And I try and list an emotion. Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling anxious? Did I already say that one? I don't know. Obviously, anxious is, is anxious and stress are big reasons for why I would eat. I would stress eat. I would emotionally eat. Then two, is this feeling valid? Now, I want to say all feelings are valid, but as I mentioned in my episode on this, there are times where I can't always identify where that emotion came from, and it's just like maybe I just feel hormonal. Like when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day and you just wake up angry, maybe because you had a bad dream and you don't even realize it. That's happened to me so many times. And that's kind of what I mean by is it valid? Like there's not really a source that I can identify where this came from. I'm just feeling this way. I'm not super sure why. And so if you're not super sure why, normally you can say like, eh, like I don't really know. And so whether it's like a yes or no, it doesn't necessarily matter, but it does help make you realize whether you can do something about the feeling or not. So for instance, if someone said something mean to me and I felt sad, I know I can talk to that person about it and kind of 
get closure, alleviate, alleviate those symptoms, so to speak. But if I'm just waking up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm feeling grumpy, there's not really a way for me to alleviate that apart from me just going into my head and saying, yo, snap out of it, you know? And so that's kind of what I mean in terms of, is this feeling valid in terms of figuring out what you're going to do about it? Because this feeds into step three, which is what can I do slash say slash feel slash think to help me at this moment? And so, as I just mentioned, whether it's like feeling sad or maybe it's I'm feeling stressed. And obviously with stress, you can kind of normally be like, I'm stressed because of my work or because of my schoolwork or because I haven't cleaned the house. Or if you listen to my episodes, you'll notice how many times I say I'm stressed because my house isn't clean. Wow. I need to get my shit together, but, um, excuse me. But anyway, so that's, that's when you go to step three, which is what am I going to do about it? And there are different ways that you can approach that, but even just calling out what you're feeling and what you're going to do about it can help with emotional eating because then you can realize you, at that moment, you can actively choose whether you're going to eat or not. And again, we're, I'm stress, going to stress this again. There's no judgment and there's no shame. You can eat out of emotion. I'm not telling, that's not like a bad thing. But you're going to realize that it's probably not going to make you feel like all that much better. Like it might make you feel a little better in the moment. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't freaking love cake when they're stressed? Still do that sometimes. Uh, But it's not going to like fully settle whatever emotion you're feeling. And so it's probably going to be better to find another way of dealing with that. So if you go to my episode 41, 42, 43, I listed out so many different coping strategies. And those were things that I had to personally learn when I was going through binge like healing, because my number one go-to was always food, no matter like what the hell was going on in my life. So again, we're not putting... We're not putting shame or stress or sorry, we're not putting uh, shame or judgment on this, but it's when you're not treating your soul when you're eating out of emotion. And so let's find other ways to treat those feelings. That's actually going to be more helpful and beneficial. Okay. And then the last one, which is number nine is practical hunger. And this is going to be very helpful in preventing yourself from overeating. And the easiest example I can give you is let's say, I'll give you an example. All right. I'm a busy mom. I'm not actually a busy mom. I'm just giving you a hypothetical example here. I'm a busy mom. I wake up early. I get the kids ready to go to school. I forget to eat breakfast. I go to work. I um, eat like a granola bar at lunch because I forgot my lunch or I um, didn't want to eat out because I'm trying to quote unquote eat healthier, whatever the hell is going on in my life. And then I don't get home until like five o'clock and then I'm starving. And then when we're we're starving, we're going to overeat because we're like, I'm freaking hungry as hell. So ways that we can avoid this is practical hunger or here, like here's an, when I say practical hunger, it means to recognize what's going to be happening throughout your day. Or if there's prolonged periods of time that you know, you're not going to be able to eat, such as if you're going to the airport and you know, you're going to be on a flight and they're not going to serve a meal and they might give you those itty bitty snacks that are like not going to fill you up. Maybe it's better to eat a bigger meal or to like plan to bring something with you that they don't confiscate at um, the security line. They took away my hummus for God's sake one time. Sorry, that 
personal problem, but <laughs> I was so mad. Uh, anyway, practical hunger is about um, making sure that you eat, some, even if you're not hungry at the time, recognizing that you're going to go like several hours without food or recognizing for your body. Uh, for instance, something my dietitian had me do for a week was to log what I was eating, both meals and snacks, and then write how long it kept me full for. And that was hugely helpful because it started to make me realize what I, sh what I could eat that'll keep me full for periods of time, which is helpful in terms of structuring your day and making sure that you're not reaching a level where you're super hungry and then you're going to overeat because you're super hungry. Okay. So practical hunger, I think is kind of I don't want to say it's a no-brainer, but it's really planning out to make, making sure that you're being fueled throughout the day. Even when you might not be feeling super hungry, being cognizant that your body is going to need that energy at some point and making sure you're being just fueled throughout the day. All right. So you can go check out those two episodes. I'll link it in the show notes. I probably explain it a little bit better in the episodes themselves, but these are my nine techniques in terms of kind of helping prevent yourself from overeating. And once again, we are not shaming, we are not judging, we are not guilting ourselves. But we also acknowledge it doesn't always feel, feel great to overeat. And so here are just some strategies that can help you. Okay, that's it for me today. Have a great rest of your, wow. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, guys. And I will talk to you later. Bye.